When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Dope Black Woman podcast, the podcast where we share stories of black excellence as part of our safe digital sisterhood. I'm Leanne Levos. I'm Rashan. You can call me Shan. I'm Libs. This week on the podcast, we're joined by the one and only Ovi. <laughs> I feel like the one and only. It's a bit much. It's a bit much. It's too much. It's too I don't much. know any other Ovis. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there's only one. Oh, well, hey, thank you guys. I'll take the compliment. It's all good. So welcome back, guys, to another episode of Dope Black Women. Um, Every week we are joined um, by exciting guests that we get to talk about all kinds of experiences. And today we are joined by Ovi. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Hey, thank you for having me, ladies. Happy to be here. Ready to get to talking, get into some depth, get into some combo. That's what we're all about. So um, one of the first questions we always ask our guests is, well, usually it's a woman. So you say, what makes you a dope black woman? But today, what makes you a dope black man? What makes me a dope black man? I think what makes me a dope black man is the fact that I'm myself. I'm unique. There's only one of me. Um... My DNA, there's only one makeup like mine, uh, you know, and I think that uniqueness in itself is what makes me dope, it's what makes me powerful, it's what makes me confident, it's that. Awesome, we love that. Amazing. Um, so I want to just, let's just go back a bit and talk a bit about, you know, how you first came onto the scene and, you know, just rewind and tell us a bit about your story. Because obviously before you became this household name, you already had, um, you know, a great career in sports, a great career in basketball. And it's unusual for people to want to step from that into reality TV. So, you know, what's, yeah. what's your story? What, what was kind of the connection for you? So my story is, yeah, it's an interesting one. So I've played basketball growing up since I was pretty young. Um, grew up in Tottenham. I moved to Mill Hill, you know, just before starting secondary school. Um, basketball was a passion of mine. It was something I was good at. I wasn't doing great in school. Ended up moving over to the States to follow my, my basketball dreams from the age of 16. Uh, and since then... You know, I've been sort of travelling around the world. I completed university over there. I played over there for uni. And then I moved over to France, first year playing professionally. Then I went to Greece, spent some time in Italy. Um, and then I was in Spain for three years prior to going on to Love Island. Now, Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> what everyone wants to know about. All right, so I came back, um, you know, the summer before... Obviously, I went on and it was an idea that my brother had. My brother and his missus, they're huge fans of the show. It wasn't a show that I was too familiar with because, you know, in my downtime when I did come back, I wasn't necessarily trying to be watching TV. I wanted to hang out with friends, catch up with people. Um, do you know what I mean? Just, just, just be outside of the house, out and about in London. I miss London when I'm away. Um, so he was just like, man, yo, 
you'd be dope on this show. And I sort of brushed it off. I didn't think nothing of it because I'm like, all right, yeah, well, TV, athlete, it don't, it don't necessarily mesh like that. Um, so that was that. And then that year when I went back to Spain to play, um, sort of halfway through the year, after a practice, I was just bored, just downtime. And a discussion I had been speaking to, speaking about with, you know, I spoke with my cousin every morning at the time and, and I spoke with one of my good friends. We used to catch up every morning that he also played professionally. And I was like, man, we got to start stepping outside of the box. Um, mm. You know, there's, there's one thing that I've learned through basketball is, you know, you grow more the more you're willing to step out of your comfort zone and step out of the box and step mm. out of the what's considered the norm mm. um and it was just an idea that just popped up in my head i was like you know why don't i apply for the show my brother was talking about so i literally googled it how do you apply for love <laughs> island uh the, ap- the application came up um clicked it started to fill it out and then it got to a part where it was like um you have to make a 30 second video of why you should uh, be on Love Island and then you had to take pictures when it got to that part I was like alright yeah it's long I'm not, I'm not doing all of that <laughs> I was like yeah it, it, it's long like I just thought I filled out an application and you know they make they pick me or they don't mm. so um, but it's all based on of, looks I though just, isn't it I, I guess I guess uh, I, you know I didn't like I said I, gen- I genuinely didn't know that much about I'd heard of it mm. you know I wasn't just completely oblivious but I just I never watched it I never I watched maybe one episode the year before because one of the ladies that was on it she went to my secondary school oh sick so it's just like my guys were like oh have you seen Alex is on TV so I checked it I was like oh there's Alex <laughs> you know that was sort of it mm. do you know what I mean um so anyway I didn't finish the application first time around <laughs> and then they kept they kept, like they kept, application. They kept <laughs> oh, they'll for a job and they'll be like upload TV and they'll be like where was your education I just fucking told you on my CV <laughs> why do I need to write up a whole CV can't I just upload the it's CV just, like yeah, yeah. just get it out <laughs> just accept me or don't accept me don't make me do all this long stuff so they kept sending me emails because I think I filled it out to a certain point I obviously put in my email address and they kept sending me prompts um, so like they might have it might have got to about the fourth or fifth time they sent me a prompt oh you should finish your application uh, you still haven't finished your application so got back on it yeah <laughs> so I was like man let, let me fill out this application and see see what on you know what I mean um, I filled it up my dad was the one who took the picture for me he was out visiting me in Spain I was like yo dad I need you to take some pictures no, so, how many shots know. did you do before you got to the final yeah, it, was a, it was a one take it was a one oh, take oh man that I have to do. No, I was like, I have to do a selfie, and then I need a body, a full body picture. So I literally just stepped outside into the garden. Dad took the picture, um, and I sent that in, you know. And I did the little thirty second video. I was like, oh mm. well, you know, my name's Ovi. I think I'll be good because you know I like to try new things, new experiences, step out of the box. Mm. I mean, I felt it was like pretty generic stuff. Yeah. Um, if I asked my mum to take a picture of me, it would be blurry. It would be out of focus. <laughs> like the video would be of the ground. Like, oh, I mean, so rude. Like, <laughs> earrings in. I keep it on the mascara. Like, by the time it comes to it, I'm like, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it, it just it wasn't that deep for me though. Like it was just all right. I'll take a picture and and we'll see what happens. Type of thing. Mm. Um, Wait, did you tell your parents why they want why you wanted? Them no, to take no, the no, picture? no. Like, I didn't. I okay. didn't tell them. I'll t- oh, I'll get onto that part when I told my mum um, <laughs> later on down the line. But anyway, so next day comes. I'm traveling. I'm on the road with my team, and we just landed in Tenerife. We had an away game. And I get a call when we're in the airport and I'm literally around my teammates, you know, we're getting our bags together and stuff. And it's like, hi, this is ITV. Um, is this Ovi? Uh, <laughs> the voice. And I was like, yo, is this, is this, one, is this one of my friends taking a piss? Like, do you know what I'm saying? I thought it was someone playing a prank. Anyway, Tutus are like, yeah, we would love for you to come in. And luckily I was going to be around because I had international games for GB at the time um, that were coming up. So when I was back for those games, I popped in to ITV. I done a little interview thing, and like the rest is sort of history. They just kept in contact with me, like, yeah, we would love for you to come on the show, da da da. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, closer to the time, I obviously told my mom, I was like, yo, mom, look, there's a possibility I might be going on this show, and she was like, oh, so you want to go on Vanity Island? That's what. <laughs> that's what. That's what my mom. <laughs> That's what my mum calls it, Vanity Island. So Stop I was like, it right nah, now. It's, it's not like that, da, da, da. But, you know, I pretty much just let them know. I was like, yeah, um, you just have to be aware, obviously, because if you see me on TV and stuff, like, I don't want you to be surprised or thrown off. Mm. She, wasn't, she wasn't totally behind it. And my dad being a guy, was like, yeah, go on, give it to them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I got their blessing. And, you know, obviously I I let my mum know, like I wasn't going to do anything to disgrace us or the family. Do you know what I mean? I just... I mean, I Did just she watch the show? Oh, my, if I'm involved in something, like my mum knew nothing about basketball, but now she can tell you exactly what's going on Aww. every game. Do you know what I'm saying? She t- Oh, all right. <laughs> all right, guys. We love a mum. We love a supportive mum. No, nah, yeah, my mum's the truth. My mum's the truth. Um, they must be quite proud because you've played nationally as well. It's not even like you've represented the country. Yeah, and- yeah um, but funny enough, it wasn't something that my mum was always a huge fan of uh, growing up. Because if you know much about, you know, the Nigerian culture, especially I can't speak for others, but, you know, if you tell your parents you want to play sports, it's like, oh, you want to play ball for a living. <laughs> like, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not just a... a um, it's not a real it's job. It's not a real job. It's, it's a game. It's just for fun. Do you feel me? Mm. Um, but obviously, later on down the line, as it opened doors for me, she was like, okay, wait. Uh, you know, let me push him. Let me get behind it. And she did. So anyway, went on to the show. I told one of my guys, I was like, yeah, bro, I'm going on to, you know what I'm saying? I'm going in. To the house i'll probably be off on two weeks because i'm like yeah i'm a bit boring in it um, so I, I no i was like I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna act wild i don't do wild shit so i was just like yeah people probably won't be very excited about you know what i have to say or whatever went in um ended up being in there for way longer than i expected didn't know what was going on on the outside world of course um and then I came out and like yeah, like the the reception and response, like it's all mad, really. Um, mm. Even up up until today, yeah. There's certain aspects that I don't get it. I haven't watched it back, so I don't know what everyone's seen exactly. I've seen like all the clips and stuff on social media, um, but I've I haven't gone back to to watch the show at all. Um, mm. 
Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's opened a lot of doors, man. It, it, it has, it has. And yeah, I've been fortunate. I was just going to say, I, unlike the rest of the girls, I'm a Love Island virgin. <sighs> I've actually never watched the show before. I know, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but how long did you actually film for? I mean, they film you every day, isn't it? Like, um, for, But for how long? Like, was it Oh, yeah, months? I was in there for, I ended up being in there for a month. Mm. Of, yeah, a oh, month. Okay. I ended up being there for a month. It felt like forever. Yeah, I can um, imagine. Because you're completely a, locked up. There was a couple of times when I told them, I was like, yeah, yeah I'm ready to go home now. Um, <laughs> but they, you know, they were like, oh, are you sure? What's wrong? Da, da, da. I was like, nothing's wrong. Like, I'm absolutely fine. You guys have been great. I just want to go home. I'm bored now. Like, I, I, need, I need to train. I have a season coming up type of thing. Mm. And that's when they were like, oh, so is it because of you can't, is it because you can't play that you don't want to hang around? Is it? I was like, well, if you bring a basketball hoop, then maybe I'll stick around. <laughs> um, and they ended up getting a basketball hoop for me to be able to work out. That's at quite that sweet. Point, That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it, that was cool. And at that point, I was like, ah, maybe I got a little bit of pull around here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't what know else what can I ask for? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you feel me? <laughs> but yeah. Um, so I ended up being in there until the end, and then yeah, I came out, and it's just crazy, really. Mm. Um, it's just yeah, it's been a lot of blessings, to be fair. Like so, and, and and now I'm here. So you step out, and obviously you have been away from your phone, you have been away from the internet, and you're suddenly, you know, thrust into the limelight, and you see everyone from you know the Guardian to Twitter wherever has these think pieces about you and everyone has an opinion about mm. you and people are writing like oh what does Ovi represent like what does that feel like as the actual this is a, like all these people have such an opinion about you you know what does that actually feel like um I would say it is when it hits you at first it's very overwhelming um you know good bad whatever it, it's very overwhelming but just from my experience in basketball and having had to deal with the media on that side of things. Uh, I've always been very appreciative of the positive comments and this and that, but um, by no means is that what I... I don't hold myself to other people's expectations or this or that. It's not. That's not what it's about for me, do you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not here to do what other people feel like I should be doing, do you know? Naturally, at points, people would agree with me, but I know the nature of human nature, people will disagree with me at some point. For sure, that will happen. But that's not... I'm not here to live by anyone else's expectations and everyone else isn't here to live by my expectations. That's not why we're on this planet. Uh, do you get yeah. it? So, you know, I appreciate it, but, yeah, I, I, I try to... Take everything with a grain of salt, you know what I mean? Don't get too carried away. Cause I it's know crazy, though, them... when you said 30 days, having, having out, have, not having a phone for 30 days. Because if I go on a night out and then my phone dies, yeah. in the morning I'm stressed, you know? Yeah. I'm like, what is on the other side of the phone? No, you would think that. You, you would think. It's refreshing. It's refreshing, I'm telling you. Because mm. um, this whole need to be on our phone it's all a distraction from who we are as people that's that's all i see it as so yeah. as much as it's cool to be on your phone as much as you know you want to enjoy it and you want to keep up with people but you don't want to feed into something that's distracting you from self 
Do you get it? Because the more we're almost like, however many people on your social following, whatever it might be, you're forcing yourself into the room with a bunch of people at all times. So you're waking up and looking at your phone. All of a sudden now your mind is being affected by a thousand opinions, um, by a thousand from a thousand different minds. And it doesn't allow you at any point to have your own clear thoughts. Do you know what I'm saying? Which is very necessary because after a while mm. you lose sight of what is truly important to you. And now you become, uh, you get to a place where all of a sudden you're living by society's expectations of what happiness is and what success is and what you have to be doing by 30. And you know what I'm saying? Because you're, you're fed this shit all day. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you don't take yourself away from socials, if you don't take yourself away from this room with thousands of people in it that are talking and bickering and, and saying their piece all day long, well, um, you know, it can, it can get peak over, over time. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And is that one of the reasons that led you to coming off social media completely? Like, Love Island was a bit of a taster of what it could yeah. be like. It Like, coming off social media, you know, was... I felt like it was just the right time for me to take a break and mm. get back into the room just with myself. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, recenter myself, rebalance myself, you know, get back to my internal compass... Um, and get back on my own path. Do you feel me? Because mm. especially times where there's huge things that are going on in the media, it's important to be educated and it's important to know what's happening, but it's just as important to have your own genuine opinion on these things. Do you feel me? Mm. Um, and to be able to do that, you have to have peace around you. There must be... Um, there, there's a beauty in silence. There's a beauty in not hearing a thousand opinions before you make your own mind up about something do you know mm. what I'm saying yeah and it can be very toxic as well it can be toxic it can be toxic um that's become a part of this sort of monster I call the media this is the dope black women podcast um one of the things I wanted to ask about that I thought was really interesting is recently you've said that you know, this whole thing about how people are like, Ovi's such a gentleman, Ovi's this, Ovi's that, that even though it's meant as a compliment, it doesn't always feel like a compliment. And it kind of leads into the George Floyd's, what's happening in the Black Lives Matter movement, as in like, it's, so, it's only acceptable if you're a good black. Do you know what I'm saying? It's only acceptable if you're a respectable politics, black. Yeah. Like if you act a certain way and if you are a certain way, then people are like, oh, he's so great. He should be held as a pedestal. It, that you know, it, it's 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 wonderful when people say nice things about you, but you have to read between the lines. What does what does that mean? What are they applauding you for, for being a decent human being? Is that to say that there's not other people that look like me that are decent human beings? Um, you know, what I'm saying I know that's not the case. So a lot of these things that you're congratulating me for, like cool, I appreciate it, love. Do you know what I'm saying? I always appreciate positivity but at the same time that shows that there's a problem somewhere because if every, if the wider audience sees this and this is news to them then okay somewhere along the line we, we've gotten it messed up it's like when people or men are congratulated for being fathers or being there for their kids well mm. that's not something to congratulate uh, a, a man for you're supposed to be there for your children so why would you congratulate 
someone for things that should be a given. It's like congratulating you for, for having hygiene and taking care of yourself. Well, you're supposed to do. <laughs> you shy no, no, today. No, no. I mean, that's not everybody's thing. That's not everybody, honey. <laughs> no, but 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 would you would you congratulate someone who does? Mm. Would you say, Oh, well yeah. well done for do you know what I'm saying? And having and a show. It's, it's a backhanded compliment. Do you get it? Do you mm. get it? So that it, it it's where that, that sort of comes from. Um yeah. How do you manage between feeling the pressure of having to respond to people complimenting you in that way and expecting you to speak up, um, particularly in terms of Black Lives Matter versus just being yourself and doing your own thing and just being a human being? I do what feels right. I do what feels right, you know, because when I do something that feels right, whether it's accepted um, positively or negatively, I can always stand behind it. You know what I'm saying? If I if I do what feels right and agrees with me as a human and as a person, then I can say it with my chest and regardless of how it's received, I know I'm being true to self. Do you get it? Mm. Um, when you start trying to say things for, to impress or to please, um, now it's a slippery slope because when it's accepted, well, it's accepted for something that you're not. And then when it's not accepted, it's like, oh, well, maybe I should have been my you know what I'm saying maybe I should have been yeah. been myself and one thing mm. I, I'm a firm believer that everyone has their role to play speaking and public speaking is not everyone's role there's a reason why systematic racism has been successful and it's not because every last one of them is going out saying the n-word and saying oh I hate mm. all blacks no there's a lot of them that are extremely effective that will smile in your face every day and you won't even have an idea how they really feel about you so True. it's like it's like an army. An army has people who are on the front line. An army has um, its special forces that will attack silently. It will have its snipers that attack from the back. And we, in this whole movement, need to approach it the same way. There has to be some people who are strategizers. There has to be some people who organize everyone. There will be some people who are on the front line and speaking out because that's where their strength lies. And they can do mm-hmm. it with their chest, you know what I'm saying? But that's not everyone's role. If everyone tries to do that, some people will, you know, some people will feel like a fish out of water because it's just not who they were. They wouldn't speak out True. like that about other issues that mean a lot to them. They would uh, tackle the problem a different way. And that's how we have to see it. We have to play to everyone's strengths because ultimately um, this is some. This is an issue a lot of the time with people that, see black people in a certain light they don't feel like we have the intellectual side to attack problems or the intellectual side to approach situations it's always okay um by force or like no 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 we we've got all them levels we we definitely have all them levels but you have to show Mm. you have to show them levels and sometimes there's tact some people you gotta you gotta scream out sometimes you have to cry out to be heard do you know what i'm saying but Mm. there's many different ways we need to use and utilize all of our strengths to attack the, this this wider issue. Mm. And as you said, 100%. like um, it had some of it has to do with the way society sees black people. But at the end of the day, like not everyone is an extrovert. Not everyone feels comfortable speaking in public. Doesn't mean they don't care about this issue. Like they just don't. They're not the person to be at the front in front of a podium. And because you have this public persona. People expect you to be that person. And it's like, it's okay that you're not. You, you doesn't mean you don't care about the issue at hand. Oh, no, no, at all. Do you know what I'm saying? And mm. 
it's been something that's meant a lot to me for a very long time, way before these issues were raised. I've lived in societies where I might be one of the only black people in the village. I've lived in, you know, Greece, great place, whatever. There wasn't that many black people. I've lived in Spain. Spain's mm. a place where, yeah, the people are wonderful, but a lot of the black people that they come across are people that are selling handbags and, do you know what I mean, people who are, are hustling in different ways. So when they come across uh, a black man that carries himself differently, it's foreign to them. You know, I've been in these mm. situations and I've lived these situations. I haven't always lived in London, which is a melting pot, um, and you can see every other culture within however many miles. No, no, no. You get it. I've lived this whole situation. Um, but I know what I've, what I've learned through that is, okay, for them to understand, because it's one thing having a point to prove and not prove, but having a point to make and having a valid point to make, but then it's a whole another story communicating it. And having other people understand and truly understand your what you're trying to get them to see. Now, mm-hmm. some people will hear you by screaming. Some people, you got to sit them down and break it down to them in a very different way. You know what I'm saying? And this is where we need to use our strength coming from different angles. Do you know what I'm saying? And also, above that, like, I'm known in the public I, for the most part, from being on a reality TV show, like, this is a much deeper, this is a much deeper situation. When people are hurting mm-hmm. and when people are as hot as as they are at this point, like, what I necessarily have to say, in a lot of ways, it will throw fuel on the fire and it might be the right thing to say, it might not be the right thing to say, but I'm not going to be political around these kind of subjects. So when people need to cry out, sometimes you have to let them cry out. You know, I'm not going to jump in there and then add my my two cents. Like, I don't think that was the time. Do you know what I'm saying? This is the time where people are obviously grieving and the people are obviously on top. So sometimes you have to let the people talk. And I feel like the way a lot of people were expressing themselves, like a lot of stuff had to be said. Do you know what I'm saying? A lot of stuff had to be said and it was. 100%. Do you feel like the book will probably... We're big on, like, safe spaces and healing with dope black women. That's kind of one of our main mandates that we try to provide. Do you feel like the book will be that for some people, particularly during this time? Or is that kind of... I don't know if that was your hope or your agenda. Or the timing of the release of the book seems quite yeah, pertinent it, to everything that's going on. It just on. really... It, it, it just happened to, you know, come out around this time, but... You know, the a big, huge part around me wanting to put this book together was to get people to understand the strength that they have in who they are. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's something that I've seen is, is being lost. Um, it's something that I feel like a lot of people are struggling a lot with in today's society. And this is where we're seeing sort of an increase in problems with mental health and, and people mm. being able to deal with not being able to be and live out exactly whoever they they want to be. Because now a lot of people are feeling um, confined and, and restricted by societies, what they deem as, as having made it or, or what you have to look like or how you have to speak, how you have to carry yourself. A lot of people feel trapped. And a lot of people are, yeah. are losing the value that they have in being themselves and not following what the masses have to, you know what I'm saying, are, are, are kind of 
um, pushing out or whatnot. Mm, um, mm. So I feel like it is something that will create a safe space and just get people to start asking questions. Do you know what I'm saying? A big goal of the book for me was for for people to start asking these questions and to start um, seeing the benefits of going on their unique journey. You know what I'm saying? And taking that leap of faith because it's something that's not easy when everyone's going left to say, no, nah, my heart's telling me go right, um, but my eyes are telling me to go left. Having faith yeah. and having belief in yourself and belief in in something sometimes consists of you not being able to see the path all the whole way you know what i'm saying and to follow your own path is somewhere that's never been gone it's somewhere that's never been traveled each of our paths yeah if we follow if we follow our own path to a t no one's traveled it in that exact way before mm. so i just want to end by asking a, a bit more about the book i mean what is it called and like what are kind of some of the subjects that you explore in the book? So the book's called You Are Dope. Um, we love that name. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's <laughs> pretty much about people seeing and realising the power they have in their own dopeness and realising, you know, seeing that power is something that will eventually lead to a more fulfilling life. I touch on a lot of my own struggles at points in my life where I haven't, been true to myself, you know, and how that's affected me. Um, I touch on, you know, some love situations oh. that <laughs> I've touched on some love situations um, that have affected me during my life uh, and not sort of, I, I, I touch a lot on vulnerability, on male masculinity uh, on some points of the book, but it's really a culmination of small stories that I have within my life that I think a lot of pe- people will be able to relate relate to mm. and just sort of let them know how I've nav- how I've navigated and how it's worked out well at times and then times where it hasn't worked out well do you know what I'm saying so yeah. I feel like from speaking to you you come across really secure and like who you are and your identity but obviously just now you said that there have been times which you yeah. saw in the book where you kind of mm. struggled with that but for anyone listening um who can kind of relate to that what advice do you have for them because I feel like there's a lot of you touch on this as well actually but there's a lot of pressure for by this age to have this or by this age to have that and sometimes I feel like all those different pressures um, confuse people where they're at and who they think they should be the advice I would have was was would be to trust yourself do you know what I mean to trust your intuition it's something that we get away from and we don't preach the um, power of our own intuition and self enough you know because from when we're kids I feel like as adults, we become deteriorated children in a sense. But from when we're kids, mm. we're started with, they start to put us in a box, you know, um, whether that be school, whether that be when you learn to drive, you have to drive within the lines. Your house, you're in a box. However well you do, you can um, move to a bigger house, but really it's moving into just a bigger confined space. It's all about putting yourself in a box. Um, and trusting yourself will be very difficult, especially when you're younger and when you're your bodies are going through so much change. Mentally, you're going through so much change. But the fulfillment on the other side of that is extremely worth it. Do you know what I mean? I definitely, that when I was reading the book, I definitely resonated with me in terms of being able to trust your own intuition, which is a really difficult thing Very to do, difficult. right? Um, what do you feel like your biggest box is that you had to trust your intuition out of? My biggest box was... 
growing up in coming from Tottenham, being a young black man coming from Tottenham, having moved to Mill Hill and not fitting in and feeling like I was getting everything wrong for so long in my life up to when I moved out to the States at 16. My biggest thing was being able to trust myself and knowing that, mm. no, 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 hold on. I have value in exactly how I want to do things and how I want to do things at times will not agree with what my mother has to say, won't agree with what my dad has to say, my brother won't agree with it. Sometimes, and all my friends, they're not going on the same path that I'm going on. So, you know, mm. sort of breaking out of the, the mental box of the environment I grew up in was expectations. the expectations of you, how you're supposed to carry yourself, mm. how you should be carrying yourself to be in with the clique, to be one of the guys, one of the mandem, whatever. Breaking out of that and mm. seeing, wait, hold on, I don't have to subscribe to, you know... Mm. To, who actually um, am I? Yeah, who, who am I? What agrees with me? And a mad part is, like, a lot of us, we are boxed in by our cultures... We believe that we have to believe a lot of the same things that our parents told us growing up. A lot of us are boxed in by, obviously, um, our friendship groups and the people around us. Like, no two people will have the exact same thoughts on anything. Parts of different cultures have agreed with me. Do you know what I mean? I've taken stuff from the, from the British culture that I'm like, okay, that works for me personally. I'll take that. And I've discarded of some stuff. There's been stuff mm. from my Nigerian background. I've taken it on. I'd be like, yeah, that's dope. I want to apply that to myself. And then there's been parts I've been like, no, that doesn't agree with me. That's just not me. I've discarded it. There's been parts of the American culture that I've taken. Parts of the Greek culture, Spanish culture, Italian, like all of these different cultures. But ultimately, as a unique human, that's something that we should all have the ability to do. Do you know what I'm saying? And we should be able to do it freely without those people in our cultures or, or our friendship groups or, do you know what I'm saying, judging us. We, should, we, we shouldn't feel like we're trapped by all of these things, which ultimately, the older we grow, the more these sort of ideas become set in stone in our minds. And we've got to break it because it's, in a way, like you're, you're, you're trapping your, your, your possibilities become caged. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, the possibilities in life are really endless for all of us, for every last one of us. But, you know, you've got you to gotta do you. <laughs> you have to do you for them possibilities to, to show themselves. Mm. Well, that is Definitely. an awesome message to leave this episode on. Um, thank you so, so much for talking to us today. It's been so good. We've learned so much. Um, and yeah, really appreciate it. We're very excited for your book to come We're out. We're finished already. We're f- yeah, I feel like man. That, I feel like that was I know, so short. It went so quick, but all good things must come to an end. <laughs> no, thank you, ladies, for having me. Honestly, oh, now, 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 I feel like I was just yapping too much. No, nah, it was great. It was great. Honestly, feel free to come back anytime. anytime you're like. welcome. This is a safe space for you too. Before you go, tell us where, when the book is coming out, where people will be able to find it. Where people can, f- I'm sure everybody knows where to find you already, but. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, when's the book actually coming out? We got a little sneak preview, which we were very excited and grateful to get. But yeah, what? when do you expect the masses to have access? So the book will be coming out on October 1st. 
Also, the audio book will be available, which I've also worked on. So that would be, I feel like, really cool for people to hear. Black History Month. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Nigerian independence. Just go for that in there. Just saying, just saying. But yeah, October 1st, that's when you'll be able to get it. You'll be able to download it on many different platforms. I need to be very more specific about that. I don't know if it will be available. But yeah, um, yeah, October 1st, guys. So go out and get it. And yeah, I hope it enlightens a lot of people and it opens your eyes. Um, so thanks so much for listening, guys. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. On Twitter and Facebook, we are Dope Black Woman. On Instagram, we are Dope Black Woman One. We'll be back with you next week. Until then, stay blessed and unapologetically black. All the way black. 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 Blacktastic. Hey! Hey. I was there slow there. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know what? When you when you said snap, I was like, wait, am I taking a screenshot? Am yeah. I, I didn't know I didn't know what I was supposed to be actually clicking. I was like, okay. Uh, yeah, right. To sync it, to sync it. I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. I get it. All right. All right.